You've spent all winter stuck inside imagining your next big home project. A bigger, brighter kitchen, a fabulous new fence, the possibility of a pool. There's so much you would do if only you could. The good news? With an S&T Home Equity total line of credit, you can. We've got your back with financial flexibility, and we're here to support you with exceptional customer service. So dream as big as you want, and we'll help you bring those dreams home. At S&T, it's just what we do. S&T Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally. He is the Matt Williamson. It is a Thursday on a Wednesday. Thursday on a Wednesday, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Tomorrow will be a Thursday Friday on a Thursday. Yes, it will. That's how it works out for us. <laughs> These Saturday games, I'm starting to get used to this I know, now. it's starting to be a regular thing. It's been messing with me for a while, but that's all right. I was sitting in the Steelers meeting room today. I'm like, is today Tuesday or is today Wednesday? Okay, today's Wednesday, but it's really Thursday. And... Today felt like Thursday to me. <laughs> it's like some of the things that always come out on Thursday I was looking for. I'm like, that's not today. <laughs> so, yeah. Not to well, mention got, these. I got the league packet this morning. I'm like, wait, today Wednesday? Yeah, today's Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Huh? Okay. <laughs> there you have it. And, and then the other thing that screws you up, of course, are the holidays, too. It's like, yeah. you know, didn't have a show on uh, Monday and all the, you know, once in a while you got to see family at Christmas and all that stuff screws you all up. It's really kind of made the season in many ways, go a little bit faster than it so, typically too. does. Yeah, it's not as much of a grind as Groundhog's Day. Yeah. You never really got into a rhythm where it's Sunday game, Sunday game, Sunday game, Sunday mm-hmm. game. You know, it's Monday game here, Thursday game that week. Two Thursday games this year. Two Thursdays, Three yeah. Saturday games now. Like, you know, you throw a Monday nighter in there, and it's like, wow. Yeah. Well, we got a short week, and then we got a long week. And then <laughs> you know, rarely is there, you know, you don't have this advantage very often of, a Sunday the Steelers don't play where you just watch the league. You know, like, don't yeah. even have to, like, Doesn't leave your often, house. I mean, but the, you don't get to do that. The right. Saturday games, I've been able to do that. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. So, uh, the Steelers practicing today, a real practice on the field. Okay. And a Thursday practice, would you say? It was a Thursday-type practice, yeah, yes. Okay. And so, uh, Kenny Pickett, a full participant once again today. Good, good. Uh, Trenton Thompson, the safety, uh, limited again today. Now, he said last week he didn't expect to play this week, but we'll see how that— it's that neck stinger kind of thing, and you know. I think they're hard to predict. From what yeah, I you just don't yeah. know. Uh, so, but the fact that he was able to practice two days in a row is promising. Yeah, he's been on the field. Yeah, uh, Najee Harris, after being limited yesterday, did not practice today, but he was the only Steeler to okay. not practice. I mean, he took a beating. Not I concerned mean, about yeah, that that's at all. Perfectly fine. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, after not practicing yesterday. He was a limited participant today, so that's uh, trending in the right direction. Yeah, he's on the field. As was Landon Roberts. Wow. When he got hurt, I thought it was a wrap. Yeah, that was season. That could have been bad. Uh, Isaac Sayamalu, after being limited yesterday, was a full participant today. Uh, TJ Watt was limited today. They were just resting him. Same with Larry Ogunjobi. Okay. And then Cam Hayward, once again, was a limited participant. So, all in all... It's pretty good. It's pretty darn good. For yeah. January, or, yeah. you know, week 18. And, you know, you haven't been able to rest anyone, obviously. I'd be really intrigued with the uh, the quartet of Peterson, Fitzpatrick, Roberts, Jack. That's a lot of, of field. That's right. a lot of NFL games There's and experience. Some there. And, under, yeah, yeah, right, right. Under your belt, that right up the middle of the defense. Yeah, and maybe you'd even see it next year. Who knows? Yeah. You know I mean, like, there's that's kind of intriguing to get you into the, you know, through this game, maybe the next one, and you know maybe next year. Who knows? Are you there with Miles Jack at this point? Is I don't know. I mean, it, it, he's kind of 
Like if they came back next year, obviously if they came back with Roberts, who's still under contract, Holcomb, yeah. and Miles Jack. I'm interested. Person. Yeah. I, 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 the thing with Jack is I would love, and in that instance you could until an injury hit, I don't want him out there every snap, and he's doing yeoman's work doing yeah. that now, but he's always been a – I mean, even in Jacksonville, he's not always a practice Wednesday guy. He would have been a top 10 pick if it wasn't for his knee. You know I mean? Like, I think those things have been – and he retired. I mean, like, there's some yeah. facts against it. Um, the only thing is none of them are the Quan Alexander type. You know, like – You could draft one of I those, say though. You could get those, though, and he could be a yeah, – I don't f- think that's Mark Robinson. A fourth or fifth rounder. I mean, those guys, if you look in every draft, there's mm-hmm. a bunch of those 225-pound converted about, safety types. Yeah, that, a little bit leaner that runs a 4-5-2 or something yeah. and has some linebacker work to and do. And we assume that Holcomb will get re- regain his Yeah, I'm assuming speed health. I, I and, you know, know that kind of things. stuff. Absolutely. So, no, I think that would be fine. And it would be, still be cost-effective. That's not a, a ton invested in the position. No, for sure. You know, which – I don't think they want to do. I mean, yeah. that's what a lot of teams are doing. Unless you have a Roquan, you're not going to pay them $18 million a year. The other interesting thing that they did last Sunday as well, uh, it was like 17 snaps, I think, of Miles Killebrew as the, mm-hmm. the dime linebacker. As the dime linebacker, yeah. I don't know if that's ideal. He's and got the size and, and hitting ability yeah, yeah. And, uh, to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think he was like 220 at his combine, yeah. and he looks it still. I mean, I don't think he's leaner than that. Um one, th- I mean, talking about next year, I would like to see more nickel. I mean, they're really low in nickel, and that just might be their philosophy. But I don't love that they're often very heavy or often very light. Even if Killebrew is that dime linebacker, if he's the Keanu Neal type, um, you'd prefer somebody a little more sturdy, you know. But you know, I mean, that's but if a, all your corners, tweaking, yeah. especially next year. You go into next year and Porter's one starting cornerback. Mm-hmm. You got Peterson and Fitzpatrick back at the safety position, and let's say it's Corey Trice at the other cornerback or, or draft pick or I would whoever. Say somebody outside yeah. the organization who's you know. again another big body. I'm sure it'll be a big guy. Another if they big, go spend money uh, yeah. or a high pick, it's not going to be on a five. I mean, dude. You've, you've yeah, you've got your dime out there, but they're all big guys mm-hmm. for their positions. That's true. Peterson and Minka could also do slot stuff, you know, again, yeah. or tight end work, that kind of stuff, too. They're not just third-level guys only. You know, so, no, it's intriguing. You mix in some youth and a draft pick here and there, too. Yeah, and so, I mean, the dime, to me, is one of the ways that you defend some of these mobile quarterbacks because mm-hmm. you've got more guys in, on the second level who can run. So once those quarterbacks you know, break into the secondary, okay, you've got guys that are back there. Maybe they're not quite as big as Josh Allen, mm-hmm. but you can at least get them on the ground. Yeah, or the Lamars or yeah. those type of dudes too. At least you can cut off some angles and not just get caught flat-footed against those guys in space. And, you know, all the athletic tight ends you face and receiving backs nowadays. And so, yeah, I mean, speaking of the Ravens, though, I mean, not that – their middle of the field is much better than the Steelers' middle of the field. It's phenomenal. I mean, it's Hamilton and Queen and Ro, especially Roquan. But they're at the top of the league in nickel, which doesn't mean it's right just because it's working for them. There's, yeah. there's other ways. There's not one way to skin that cat. But it is nice when you can do like the Bills did with Edmonds and Milano and just live in nickel because you're so good and so talented that you can still play the Niners in their base and – not get bullied and still run and track down you know quarterbacks well. So that's the ideal situation for me if you can get somewhere in that neighborhood, you know. Speaking of the uh Baltimore Ravens, um John Harbaugh coming out today and saying Lamar Jackson will not 
play this weekend. It's going to be Tyler Huntley. Not the slightest bit surprised. No. No, right. But it is newsworthy. Um, what I thought was more newsworthy is what you said before we went on the air is Josh Johnson's going to be the two. Yeah. Not that he's not worthy. I just thought, boy, this is a great opportunity to see what Malik Cunningham could do in a game after you pick them up. And I guess you could have three active, but that's not usually what teams do. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, he's uh, Johnson's been the three basically all season. He was, mm-hmm. in fact, there were times in the preseason where it looked like he might be the two. I'm not sure he's not better. Yeah. I mean, if I had to win one game with my life on the line, I might pick Johnson. And there's, there's probably a good chance the Steelers might see both of them. It's quite possible. Yeah. It's quite possible. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. They you know, know what Huntley is. I'm, I'm yeah. sure they know what Johnson is too. But when their uh, practice report comes out, we'll see a, a little bit more of. You know, who else didn't practice for the Ravens mm-hmm. today? Remember, there's only one more day of practice left, so... True, it was a Saturday um, game. Yeah. There are about five or six Ravens, and I'm curious with some of the practice report stuff because of injury, that I think will probably not dress or will just stand there holding their helmet. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, yeah, you, you, will ha- you have to dress... And, and you know enough to get through the game, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean they're going to play. Yeah, like Ronnie Stanley might sit there with pads on and not even get in the game. Yeah, once. break in case of emergency. Yeah, and if the left tackle goes down, well, Ronnie go finish it out. You know things like that. Uh, Steelers uh, named their rookie of the year today. It was voted on by the uh, Pro Football Writers of America, and it was Joey Porter Jr. That was almost unanimous. I think that's a very easy choice, but Benton Jones. Would have won it many years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, no <laughs> doubt. No, I mean, hey, I was there when we had to vote Patrick Bailey as no, the rookie uh, of the year because none of the rookies were playing. Didn't like Sepulveda win it one Sepulveda year? Sepulveda won it the next year. Or, yeah, 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 the year before that. I mean, I mean, there have been years where it was pretty lean and you're just like, okay, well, guess we've got to get it. got to give it to this guy. He's played the most. I mean, I was, I was safe to say I think Jones and Benton would win it most years, you know, more often than not, as well as they played. And some of those years that were super lean. Herbig would probably get some consideration. He would get some consideration. Yeah. He has the most special team snaps on the on the of everyone on the team. It's also because he plays on kick block. You know, he's not just on the other ones, but he also he played two snaps in that game, had the play everyone remembers and a pressure. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, like I, you know, we we everyone knows our feeling on Pro Football Focus, but he had a ninety nine perfect grade, <laughs> two for two is what I heard today. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's it's getting it done. Yeah, this comes uh, after uh, T.J. Watt was devoted uh, for the fourth time as the uh, team MVP, mm-hmm. and uh, not surprising. Either. Yeah, I mean he he had a phenomenal season. Porter's had a phenomenal season. Yeah. Um, Real it, quick on Porter, I did some homework because we were talking Jalen Carter yesterday yeah. and just defensive rookie of the year stuff. He's starting to get less and less t- snap counts. I mean they're not happy with him. He's been getting benched is a strong word. But, Teams are running on them. I mean their defense is a disaster, yeah. but he hasn't been the solution. No, no. I mean, with those two big former Georgia stars in the middle, mm-hmm. uh, teams are running all over them because one of the problems is those guys don't move all that well. No. Carter moves better than the other guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Without question. He's so, got two of those big pigs in the middle. That they, One of the complaints I've heard, which I know this is an Eagles broadcast, is Sirianni hasn't been practicing them real hard, and in turn, they play with high pads. You know, like, yeah. you, you can't just take it easy and practice late in the season. No, no, and he's getting, uh, obviously, um, under fire. Much yeah, as, yeah. I mean, it's kind of the same way that Mike Tomlin was a few weeks ago. You lose a few games oh. in this league, no matter how good you've been before that, Yeah, uh, the three criticism games, comes. Three games away from a mutiny, you know, and they're, in there, they're right in the middle of that. <laughs> yeah, they and are. And their back seven's not getting any better. The front might. The yeah. back seven's not getting any better. The back seven is what it is. What if they lose in round one? Ooh. I mean, like, 
in Tampa or in New Orleans, a game they're still favored in, but they could easily lose it the way they're playing. The way they're playing, yeah. I'm absolutely. not saying he's going to get let go, but his seat's warm. Yeah. Um, looking at this game, Matt, we talked about this yesterday. Uh, because the, the, the Ravens aren't playing Lamar and they're probably going to be sitting some guys, mm-hmm. I, I would be surprised if, you know— you're looking at a situation here where the Ravens throw the ball more than 15 times in this game. Yeah, I think that's a great observation. I think it's a lot of Melvin Gordon. Probably some design quarterback runs, too, because even if Huntley takes some hits, you can live with it. Um, get out of this thing as much as possible. I also think they might be, let's try something goofy here and there. You know, go for two, surprise on side, fake punt. You had a good point off the air. You know, you don't want to put all that stuff on tape for the playoff teams. Yeah. But... If it's close, I could see Harbaugh trying to put the dagger in the Steelers, too. I think, you know, if it's a situation to go for two, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you've got a fake punt that you've saved all year long, you probably still you save it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. save that for the AFC Championship mm-hmm. or the Super Bowl if you get that far. Um, but you don't want to put that out on, uh, you know, out there. And then you can't use it again, right, especially right. if it's in your last three games. Like, what are people looking at automatically mm-hmm. your last three games? You're not going to you're not going to do that at this point. Uh, and, and and you don't need to win the game. Now I could see the Steelers using oh, something that you know. All stops. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, we got something... Hey, we've had this in, in all year long. Let's use it now because it's good point. Use, use it or lose it. Yeah, good point. I mean, you got don't leave any you know bullets in the chamber in this one. Obviously, yeah. you come up with a new one for you know mm-hmm. if it's something like that. So um, yeah, uh, but I do believe you know if it's a you know if it's a seventeen sixteen game and the and the Ravens just scored to. To make it 17 16, they're going for two. Yeah. Well, they want to avoid yeah. you know, overtime. They don't need all 15 costs. extra plays on offense and defense. No. I, I mean, that, to me, that's their worst case scenario. Speaking of which, while we're on the subject of yeah. overtime, we saw an overtime game in the college playoff mm-hmm. series. And of course, they go to the to their regular season rules or the rules, the, yeah, the I mean, college rules, rules, putting the ball to 25 in overtime. To decide who's going to go play for the national championship. I know it rubbed me the wrong way too. Like, like why wouldn't you just that. play? I understand why you do that in the regular season. You want to get the game over with mm-hmm. more quickly. Although that doesn't often happen. A lot of times those things go, go back, back and forth, forth. for I mean, six, six times, six overtimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in that situation with that much at stake, yeah, wouldn't you rather them do it like the NFL and just okay that overtime period's over, go to the next one and go to the next one, yeah, and go to the next one. Yeah, I mean. It's more like baseball, where I mean, Bama could have scored. I mean, it, it yeah. wasn't like they, you know, they they weren't, in, you know, they're they're allowed to do good things too. But it's just, I, I don't know. Like, I know you're not super, super into hockey, it's like, but it's like turning, uh, yeah, it's like settling the NHL championships a on, on a shootout, or even I mean, they go to three on three, which isn't even real yeah. hockey, and then they go to a shootout, which definitely isn't real hockey. Then for the Stanley Cup, like that doesn't make no sense. Well, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, so don't they just play a regular overtime? They just keep going. It's just five on five yeah. forever and ever. Next goal wins until right. the next day, which is what the to. NFL does. You just play, right. you know, you stop after you know after your your periods to, yeah. to regroup and everything, but. No, you just play the game. Yeah, the NBA doesn't have a dunk contest. No. <laughs> you know, there's no three-point shooting contest to yeah. decide who goes to the conference finals. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I get that when the NHL does it in the regular season. Ah, it's fun. People have to get to bed, you know, shoot out. Yeah, we got to get people. Yeah, we got the teams got to get up. They got a, a plane to catch to too. Vancouver. Right. Yeah. You but, know. Then, but just play football. Yeah, right, especially uh, now. You're, pl- you're playing these games when all the schools are on break. 
I don't there's think they're no, super concerned about yeah, their there, grades. There's no rush to get the, point, get the right. student-athletes back on campus. No, I don't think they're worried about the star D-end at Bama's, you know, psych class. <laughs> he takes a psych class? I doubt that. Uh, but, yeah, that just I was, I was thinking about that as I'm watching it, like, that's such a this cheap goofy, way to yeah. such a cheap way to end. I, I don't mind doing it in the regular season. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Or even if you gave them the ball to fifty or something like that, make it a little more difficult, yeah. right? But I mean, the NFL, frankly, doesn't have a great overtime rule either. That sport isn't the same as hockey, baseball, yeah. you know, NBA, of course. But the way they do it is backwards. I'm like, ah. Oh. Originally, when it was as soon as it came, I'm like, ah, oh, I don't want to see this. Yeah, it's a bad right. way to de- decide who goes to the national championship. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, get a, a defensive stop here after the other team went 25 yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or even you want to be on defense first because if you can get a stop, stop. Right. All you gotta do is kick a field goal and the game's over. You right. Know, like from the 25, like you don't even need any yardage. Yeah. Yeah. It's goofy. Or if you get to get a turnover, you know, in the first, you know, the. The early inning, yeah. The first you half. don't have to work for it. No, yeah, it's, yeah. It just happens quick. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. I'm glad that the uh, I'm glad the NFL does it the way that they do it. Although, as, as remember, a couple of years ago, Steelers are in. This is in 2019. Steelers are in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. They need to uh, the 2019. No, yeah, no, it's 2020. I'm sorry. Okay. And they need to, to win. And then the Chargers and Raiders go into that game. Oh, the tie. Yeah. The tie. Yeah. If they tie, the Steelers are out. Yeah, and our man Brandon Staley, <laughs> counting him for that. Raven, or the uh, Raiders get a run to the forty-three with like thirty-eight seconds left in in uh, in overtime, and that bozo calls a timeout, <laughs> trying to stop the. What are you stopping the clock for? What are you even doing? Right, I, I forgot the details of it all, but yeah, they remember like, what are you thinking? And so the Raiders said, okay, and that's what you're going to do, and they pick up ten more yards and kick the game-winning field goal. Game over. That's Chargers are out of the playoffs. The Raiders are in. Steelers are in. Yeah, yeah. All you need, all the, <laughs> all you all the Chargers needed to do was tie. Just know the situation. But I'm yeah, sure he looked at his little awareness. flip card and said, "Ooh, I should call a timeout. I here. should call a timeout here. <laughs> Be a robot, you know, right? Instead of thinking through. I mean, the flip card probably is designed for you need a tie. Yeah, yeah right? or you, you need to, you tie. need to win the game. You yeah, need to give yeah. yourself another chance to to get a you know a defensive stop here mm-hmm. and maybe get the ball back. I mean, speaking of history. Though I mean, you guys have brought this up, you know, Pursuta and the guys who have covered the team forever. You know, there's that year that they wanted to get Jamal Lewis to 2000. Yeah. You know, and like this game just sets up for weirdness. You know, I mean, yeah. just Raven Steeler weirdness because one team is so good right now and the other team needs it so bad and everybody knows it and you know that we're going to sit guys, but there's going to be a weird bounce or two. Like this is not going to be Steelers win 20 nothing. Nobody. No. You know, nothing like yeah, that. No, I, mean, I expect no. it to be semi close. Um, threw this to you last night. I looked these up. The Bills are three and four on the road this season. Mm-hmm. The Jaguars have lost four of their past five games. They're five and two on the road. That's both both of their road records. Miami is seven and one at home and this uh, year. Yeah, and Tennessee, which has five wins, is four and four at home this season. Yeah, underrated, tough place to play in Tennessee. Miami, everyone kind of knows, especially early in the year and the weather and sun and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Then, and then you look at it. Um, the only there are only nine teams in the NFL with losing records at home this season. That's impressive. Yeah. Uh, so, and home teams are one forty two and one oh nine at uh, this season. Now, just a couple of years ago during COVID, yeah. the last previous couple of seasons that was hovering around five hundred, including the the one the COVID season in twenty twenty mm-hmm. 
where home teams had a losing record. They actually were below 500 yeah. for the first time in forever. So this has bounced back now to where yeah. there's actually an actual home field advantage again. Mm-hmm. And both teams... It's pretty strong now. Yeah, both teams the Steelers need to lose are playing on the road. Have that going against them. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a good point. So yeah. the odds favor at least one of those teams losing. Yeah, you, you did a bunch of homework on this, obviously, and then you sent me the site where it just shows the history of the league and home road splits and all that. And there was those three years that kind of stood out. The whole the COVID years when there were COVID designations and no one in the stands the one year where it was close to 500. But other than that, it's back to normal. Because there was a big stretch there. People were saying, like, home field advantage is dead. Yeah. yeah. You know, travel's easier now. You yeah. know, jets are more luxurious and it's not as hard on their bodies and modern technology. But, no, home field matters. <laughs> I mean, it still does. I mean, you still got to hear and uh, yeah. I want to travel. And, you know, right. I mean, there's just the, the game day stuff of it all. Or, boy, I'm used to playing in a dome or I'm used to playing in weather or things like that. I mean, it matters. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to get to a break when we return. We got Bob Labriola a day early this week. Very nice. Um, so we'll talk to uh, Bob when we return. You're listening to The Drive You're on Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally. He is the Matt Williamson. And we are pleased to be joined by the Lord of Living in His Fears, Bob Labriola, uh, uh, editor of uh, Steelers Digest and Steelers.com. And uh, Bob, Steelers are still alive. Went to Seattle and did something they hadn't done since 1983, which was beat the Seahawks out there. Um, anything's possible, huh? Yeah, and I was—I I, got to admit—I was really impressed with, you know, how that came about because, you know, it seemed to me that, um, you know, when you looked at the, the Steelers, the the condition of the Steelers' defense. By that, I mean the situation at not only inside linebacker but also at safety. And then you look at, you know, Geno Smith and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, you know, those people, um, you know, it just seemed to me that um, you, you, you couldn't play. I, I'll, I'll say you couldn't play it straight. And what I mean by that is, you know, you had to figure out ways. I think you couldn't depend on your defense to do what the defense normally would do. I think you really had to limit their exposure. You had to kind of make concessions, maybe is a, is a better way to describe, make concessions for the condition of your defense at a couple of positions where the Seahawks, I thought, were pretty um, well-equipped to exploit those areas. And, um, you know, uh, pounding the rock, as they say, uh, is, is certainly one way to do it. You finish with, you know, 15 more minutes of time of possession, run 22 more plays, uh, make seven trips in the red zone. And while you weren't perfect in those trips, you scored at least a field goal each time. Uh, I just thought that, you know, it was really, um, it was a good game plan. It was executed well. uh, And, you know, really, I won't say they had very slim margin for error, but I, I thought there was a very you know, fine line or a, a specific recipe that the Steelers had to follow and follow closely in order to be able to leave there with a victory, and, and they did it all. So analytics and stats nerds, you know, like myself, <laughs> <laughs> can easily overlook the value of a, a power back and the tone that he sets. And I'm not discounting the blocking or Warren or anyone else, but I just thought Najee Harris gets the game ball for all those things. 
Yeah, I mean, and I, I've, I've believed that, you know, if you if you want to use a, you know, a term um, to describe Najee Harris or what his role would be, could be with this offense, to me, it's a tone setter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I don't want to. He's not a closer so much as Jerome Bettis was at the end of his career because. You know, a lot of times Bettis wouldn't come into the game until later on in the process. You know, Najee still starts, mm-hmm. uh, but tone setter to me is 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 how I would describe it. And uh, yeah, he's a physical presence. Um, you know, if if guys need to be stiff armed to the ground, he can do that. You know, he'll lower his shoulder, keep his legs churning, just make himself difficult to tackle. Um, and yeah, I gotta believe that that exacts a toll on, on the opposing defense, especially when, you know, the offense is playing as well as it has lately. You know, we don't, we're not seeing Najee have to fight his way back to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah. Anymore. And um, so, yeah, he is definitely a weapon or a tool that can be used uh, to, to, to continue or to enhance that's the word I'm looking for. Enhance this style that the Steelers are playing now. And, you know, it just seemed to me, too, that uh, a lot of the success that Mason Rudolph was able to have in the second half passing the ball, I think it was 9 of 11 or something like that, um, was due to what Najee Harris and uh, Jalen Warren were doing running the football early. Yeah, that's because what I was just going to say, that, Bob, because – the Seahawks at halftime said, we're not going to watch you bludgeon our, our defensive front anymore. We're going to start devoting the safeties down into in the box. We're going to, we're going to play a, like a bare front and, and get big up front. And, and the Steelers said, okay, if you're going to do that, boop, over the top to George Pickens. Uh, here's another yeah. pass to Deontay. You know, whatever it was, you know, whatever they wanted to do in those situations, but it was all set up because of that running game because they were watching their guys get bludgeoned. Yeah, Jonathan Vilma was the uh, color analyst on the Fox broadcast. Thank God I couldn't hear that. (laughs) Well, I mean, the the only reason I'm I'm bringing him up is, you know, he he played inside linebacker for a lot of years, and he was credited with a lot of tackles. So um, he was was on top of that right away, mentioning how, you know, the the Steelers were winning the the battle, um, controlling the line of scrimmage, the, the, the battle of the hitting. Uh, early on in the game, and he predicted, you know, what was going to happen if um, the, the the Seahawks were going to have to either change, or you know, there, there was just going to be a long, slow death march for them <laughs> because you, you you can't win a game like that. You just can't, uh, especially when the guy, when the quarterback's not turning it over, and you know that was a significant part of it as well. So, yeah, it was. Um, I, I'm impressed. I was impressed, uh, and. You know, kudos to that offensive line, those five guys, plus, you know, Darnell Washington and, you know, the, the tight ends. And, hey, they were getting block, blocking on the perimeter, too. Uh, and, and I just think that when, when that's starting to work and, um, you know, the, the players see it's having success and the impact that that success is having on the opponent, they don't mind doing that kind of stuff. Um, you know, Mike Tallman told me a long time about – team chemistry and you know all of that kind of stuff he says you know that's all tied to winning if you're winning and successful everybody loves everybody (laughs) sure yeah you know that's that's the way an nfl locker room is 
So, you know, I think we're starting to see some of that now uh, from the fruits of their, their labors lately. I also thought they protected well. You know, where are you at the, the state of this offensive line right now? I mean, are you pretty comfortable with where they're at? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I um, – and, and, you know, I always do a, uh, a segment with um, Max and Wolf, and um, I got them going on because, you know, I'm watching, I'm watching the game. I wasn't in the, you know, press box with Dale, thank God, uh, <laughs> in Seattle. And um, – so I'm watching the game, and I really don't remember who was running the ball, and I don't remember who the Seattle defender was. But there was a play where Broderick Jones oh, came I around remember. from right to left, and he put a guy on the ground. That was the safety, Julian couple, Love. Just yep, yep. Okay, what what Tunch always called goring him. <laughs> yeah, put him on the ground and just dove on him, and you know that pretty much eliminates you know that guy from the picture, um, and you know that kind of thing. Uh, I believe has an impact beyond the block that, uh, you know, and the yard beyond the block that created the yardage that that created, because, um, you know, I, I just got to believe that that's, that's a a painful thing for a defensive (laughs) player to go through. And I I don't believe for a second that the other guys on that sideline or on the field for Seattle didn't see that and think, Oh God, this guy, you know, He's an animal. Yeah, I don't, I don't want that happening yeah. to me. Yeah, I don't want that. And, you know, the Steelers haven't had that since Marquise Pounce. You know, a guy that uh, is not only an, an enforcer maybe in your own locker room, uh, but he is a deterrent uh, for a lot of misbehavior by the opponents too. So, you know, I, 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 I got a lot of good feelings about, you know, this offensive line. Um, I think they're playing really, really well. Mm-hmm. Bob, the other thing that they did in that game, um, when you looked at it, there were only five guys who touched the football who weren't the quarterback and center. It was it was all George Pickens, uh, Deontay Johnson, Fryermuth, Najee Harris, and Jalen Warren. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? When it's working, it's a good thing. <laughs> you know, you know, um, no, really, because this is. I, I don't think that the, you know. It's as I always used to say. You know, it's not like going to an amusement park where everybody needs to get a turn ride and a merry-go-round. You know, if if two guys or five guys or whatever it is can can get the heavy lifting done and get you what you need when you need it, why would you go to anybody else? Uh, you know, I, I again, I this is this is the NFL. This, these are games you have to win. Um, you know, there's no fantasy football being played. Um, you know, on the Steelers sideline. So if, as an example, I'm trying to think of a name here, Calvin Austin third doesn't have uh, any touches of the ball, you know, that's the way it is. Maybe maybe this week is his week. Uh, so, no, I, 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 it's a good thing when it's working and you're winning. Let me say it that way. Not a slight on any of those guys. Hayward, Washington, Robinson, Austin, but I think a lot of that also reflects on Rudolph. I mean, when you design a play, your first read or your second read is going to be to your best players, obviously. And I think he's recognizing that quick, getting it out to the right people as the play is constructed. Yeah, and you know why? If you got George Pickens uh, in single coverage with no, you know, uh, no safety help or anything, why would you go to? Why would you look for somebody else? Mm-hmm. You know, throw him the ball. 
Uh, Sometimes it's not that make, hard to figure out, you know, right? Right. Don't make the uh, simple difficult. Um, you know, I remember this was a long time ago when they used to have uh, the Whippeal seven on seven tournament outside, you know, at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. And, and I remember, you know, I was sitting in Kevin Colbert's office and, you know, he had the, the window there and we're watching. And Clareton is just kicking the snot out of everybody by they had one receiver and one quarterback, and they couldn't cover this kid. <laughs> they kept throwing it to him, you know, kept throwing it to him every time, every time, every, you know. And I looked at Kevin. I said, you know, sometimes it's not that difficult. It's not complicated. You have a guy that they cannot cover, keep throwing it to him. Uh, or – like the Colts. Does he did. play for the Bengals now? He might have been the quarterback. He was the quarterback. No, that was Tyler. Uh, yeah. I Tyler Boyd would be the receiver. Yeah. Boyd was a no, he was. No, I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe it was. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah. Um. But um. You know, like the uh, the Colts did to the Steelers. You know, run it thirteen times in a row. You know, <laughs> if, if the other team can't stop it, why would you do something else? Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that's. You know, I, I think sometimes NFL coaches um, overthink things, you know, or sometimes maybe they want to, you know, um, make the wor- all the work that they did in the dark room, dark rooms leading up to the game, you know, watching film and drawing on the whiteboard and all that. Maybe they want to somehow make that seem worthwhile and, and try and get to those things that they think would work. But if you have a, a small menu of plays, that's successful, I, I wouldn't do anything else. Remember, I think we were talking about this too earlier. You know, what are the Steelers' five go-to plays? We couldn't come up with them. Mm-hmm. I think we could do that now. And yeah. that's, I think, the difference in uh, the way they're playing and the outcomes of the games. Bob, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people now are, are – there's some revisionist history going on here and saying, well, why didn't Mike Tomlin turn to Mason Rudolph before when, when – when you know when Kenny Pickett got hurt, they they'd be in the playoffs already. They wouldn't have to worry about this stuff. Um, they practice for a reason, do they not? I mean, they they look at these guys. I mean, I don't think anybody anybody, maybe not even Mason Rudolph's parents, foresaw him playing like this. Um, you know, I, I there had to be something. You know what I mean, and. You know, and the revisionist history is even going back a little farther, you know, to 2022 training camp. Um, now, you know, the, the three-way quarterback competition. Uh, now, Bill Cowher, I remember this, 1996, he had, after Neil O'Donnell left as a free agent after Super Bowl Thirty, um, he had Tom Zach, he had Jim Miller, and he had Cordell Stewart. And he was quite uh, up front during the well, definitely towards the, uh, the latter stages of the process, how difficult slash close to impossible it is to conduct a three-way quarterback competition during a preseason and yeah. be able to get enough snaps with everyone um, against or, or with, you know, your top players to make some kind of intelligent decision. Fourth-string offensive so linemen don't help the evaluation. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Going yeah. against the four. And going against the 14 DBs doesn't help it either. Right, right, right. And so, um, you know, I, I think that 
Mason Rudolph's, um, he came in with something of a resume slash track record with the Steelers by 2022. And maybe that was working against them. Because again, I like Mason Rudolph. I mean, he's playing great. He's a good guy. I'm happy for his success. All of that stuff. He's also the guy who lost his job to Duck Hodges. You know, people forget this. And not only do they forget this, but a lot of the people, especially those in the media, who are calling for Mason Rudolph now or earlier this year, were trying to, were saying, put Duck Hodges in. This guy's killing us. And so, um, you know, uh, that's the way the NFL works. I, I just, you know, I, I can kind of understand what happened to Mason Rudolph in that 2022 training camp in terms of he didn't get enough reps with the first team. Well, you kind of knew what you had with him or that at least they had enough video or experience or whatever that gave them an idea that they thought they knew what they had with him. And so, you know, you, you had a little bit of a preconceived notion because the other two guys were totally new. Trubisky was new to your team, a former second overall pick in the draft. And, um, you know, your number one pick in that draft, Kenny Pickett. So, sure, there was probably more of a emphasis or opportunity for those guys, um, you know, in, in terms of reps in practice and maybe in the preseason games. But, you know, if you're going to really make a decision, that, I think that's what you have to do. You have to really educate yourself on the people that you don't have any kind of background with. And so... You know, was it fair? No, probably not. But, um, again, I keep saying this. It's the NFL. You know, it's not fair. Life's not fair. Um, And that's just kind of what happened, uh, I think, to Mason Rudolph. And then uh, he became a free agent. Um, And apparently, (laughs) apparently, uh, whatever the Steelers thought of him was an opinion shared by a lot of other teams. Because he got nothing in terms of um, a better opportunity or offer. And he came back for fifth-year veteran minimum, which, you know, you can't pay him any less than that. Now, I certainly think that that's going to change for him next offseason, and he, is, he has earned that. Good for him. But, you know, the, as you re, re, referred to it, Dale, revisionist history, um, yeah, I mean, I, I – I'd make every decision perfect if I got to look at it in the rearview mirror all the time. <laughs> so, Labs, you know, as everyone knows, you know, the last game of the season, the Steelers are going to Baltimore to take on the dastardly Baltimore Ravens, who I think are the best team in football right now. But you're going to get a watered-down version of some regard. I still think this is going to be a weird game. It's still Ravens-Steelers. They're, they're not going to roll the ball out there and steamroll Baltimore in Baltimore, win this thing 24 nothing, and have no resistance. I think it's going to be a very strange game. Well, I, I don't know about strange, but it's going to be a bar brawl. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You only have, you only have you know, 53 guys. It's not like a tra- uh, preseason game where you have 90, mm-hmm. where you can rest everyone. Um bunch of doctors and lawyers out there playing defensive back you know <laughs> or you know construction workers <laughs> right. um so yeah there isn't going to be any of that there, there just isn't uh and so yeah it's going to be uh competitive it's going to be um physical it's you know it, in some in some areas in some instances it, it'll be brutal but um 
Yeah, no, the Ravens aren't going to roll over, and you know they they just don't they don't have that in them. Mm-mm. You know, like John now John Harbaugh, you know I mean, maybe he wants to he win has, every preseason game. You know, right? And yeah. maybe he is you know a little arrogant, and but he's not as bad as Billick. A little <laughs> <laughs> Brian Billick, who you know sacrificed pretty much his team's welfare in two thousand and three in the finale because he wanted to beat the Steelers so bad and, uh, you know, in a, in a game that was meaningless to their team in terms of making the playoffs and or their seeding in those playoffs. And they went to Tennessee the next week and got slapped around and lost. Um, you know, John Harbaugh, and, and he said this in his first um, presser of the week because the last time the Ravens, I don't know if they were 13-3 and three or not, but they went into the top seed in the AFC it was 2019. They lost the first round. I don't know who beat them, but they did. And one of the things that struck me right away was Harbaugh went right to that and was talking about how this team is different than that team. And as if to say, you know, I'm, we're not going to use what happened in 2019 to change the way we think of ourselves in 2023. And so, um, that kind of indicated to me that Lamar uh, Jackson wasn't going to play mm-hmm. because maybe the owner gonna, had something or had some memories as well. Well, you know, again, I don't, I don't know what Steve Bisciotti's, um, you know, how active he is in those kind of things. I just don't, I think that, <clears throat> you know, John Harbaugh has to, he, he has been in a lot of these Ravens Steelers games. And does he think that, um, I don't know what happened to Mason Rudolph against the Ravens in 2019. <laughs> Couldn't happen to Lamar Jackson against the Steelers in 2023. Yeah. He knows that the Steelers are going to hit Lamar Jackson. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and you know if it if it results in a penalty, it results in a penalty. But you can't play scared against that guy. You just cannot because he will carve you up like a Thanksgiving turkey. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think that this game is going to be lopsided either way. Um, I do believe that the Steelers. This is another one of those games where they have to play play it a certain way if they want to leave Baltimore with a win, even though the quarterback's going to be Tyler Huntley. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting. I, I when watching the second half of the game against the Colts, I never thought that we would be talking about this Ravens game the way we're yeah. talking about it now. I didn't think it was possible. No, I'm, I'm with you, Bob. Uh, so when we, we get to uh, Sunday here, let, let's uh, – let's. Uh, I'm watching video here of uh, – and Minka Fitzpatrick and Alandon Roberts practicing today. That makes me feel even better about the Steelers going down to, to Baltimore and winning. Uh, but – so we're sitting there on Sunday. Are, are we – Watching the the Sunday night game at that point, or is it taken care of, or do we are we now rooting against the Bills? What do you how do you think this plays out? I'll tell you what I think is a kind of underrated um, uh, um, aspect of this whole scenario, this whole weekend scenario: Tennessee, Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. I think ten, I think Tennessee. You know, I think Tennessee, Jacksonville is the AFC South's version of. Steelers Ravens and that they don't like each other. Vrabel and and, and yeah. Vrabel, right? Vrabel is a yeah. is a is a hard ass, and I, I mean that as a compliment. Um, and I just think that uh, if 
Jacksonville plays like they've been playing, they can lose that game. No problem at all. It's a division game, so they, they there's a familiarity with those teams, between those teams. And so, you know, I, I don't think you you really pay too much attention to the records. Um, and I think that Tennessee, um, you know, would like, to, would like to go out there and uh, beat up on the Jaguars a little bit. Uh, that's the game that I'm going to beat. In terms of the Sunday games, for me, that's the one that I think because the Colts and the Texans play, right? So one of them has to lose, or if they tie, <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, that's bad for them too. Um, but um, you know that the, the, if you ask me right now to predict the if the Steelers win, what's going to be the game that gets them into the playoffs? It's not going to be Buffalo losing. It's going to be Jacksonville losing. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think that's uh, that one's much more likely, and and uh, we'll see if that happens. But uh, we're gonna let you go, Bob. I hope you enjoy all uh, this weekend's games. Uh, hopefully, I can get back from Baltimore after the snowmageddon or whatever's gonna happen down there this weekend, and maybe we'll be talking next week about a uh, Steeler playoff game. I'm, I'm I'm up for it. What what are you what are you hearing about the weather though, Dale? Since you brought that up down in Baltimore, uh, it's supposed to start snowing at some point on Saturday. So, from what I saw lots today, it, right? and lots of it, yeah. But probably after, maybe after game time. So, we'll see. Yeah. Well, travel safe. Yeah, we'll try to. Uh, that's Bob Labriola, editor of Steelers Digest at Steelers.com. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally. He is the Matt Williamson. And, uh, well... Uh, Matt, have the uh, the Ravens injury report here. Nice. And, uh, well, they got a bunch of guys who did not practice today. Uh, Odell Beckham, resting. Might rest for three he might weeks. rest yeah. again, yeah. Ronald Darby, cornerback, uh, was ill, so he didn't practice hmm, today. Okay. He's an older guy, too, though. Yeah. Wide receiver Zay Flowers with the calf injury did not practice. He played, like, 50% of the snaps last week. Yep. Like, they arrested him in that game, get out of hand. I mean, he's their best receiver. Uh, safety Kyle Hamilton, limited yesterday with that knee injury, did not practice today. I don't today. think he plays at I all. I don't think he does he's either. He's been fighting something for a while. Uh, Malik Harrison, linebacker, uh, he did not practice. That's two days in a row. He's got a groin injury. That's significant because he's the backup inside linebacker. Yeah, you mentioned that yesterday. Number like, three. We kind of want him to practice because yeah. then it makes it easier to rest Roquan or Queen. Well, they may have to bring somebody up off their practice. I can't imagine they play Roquan. Yeah. There's no way Roquan plays, no matter what happens. Cornerback uh, Marlon Humphrey did not practice. He's got a calf issue. Him and Hamilton, to me, are kind of the same boat. Yeah, you don't play either one of those guys. with an injury, so that's enough said. Quarterback Lamar Jackson limited. Doesn't there you matter. go for yeah, that. Already that he's already out. Cornerback right. Arthur Millette. Limited again today with a hip injury. Linebacker Delshawn Phillips uh, was limited with a shoulder injury. He's probably one of those replacements. I would imagine for the inside linebacker. I don't know much about him. I assume he's a special teamer. Linebacker Patrick Queen with the shoulder limited. Wonder if he gets lumped. Well, I mean, at least he's limited. At least he did yeah. something. That's two days in a row for that. Cornerback Brandon Stevens with an ankle limited. Also a starter. Outside linebacker Kyle Van Noy with a calf limited. And not young. And not young. Wide receiver Tylan Wallace with a knee limited. That's new. 
Okay. He also does punt return stuff for them. He's yeah. the one that had the uh, walk-off punt return against the He Rams. would be one you'd probably want to see out there if you're the That's Rams. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like him and Treadwell. Treadwell's on this team. Laquan Ugh. Treadwell. And Aguilar might be like they're in Kohler. They might be the guys that they're planning on playing. Uh, safety Adarius Washington has a pectoral injury. He was limited. Okay. Mostly a special team or yeah. a young guy, though. Uh, defensive back Daryl Worley uh, did not practice with the shoulder and ankle injuries. And then guard Kevin Zeitler with knee and quad did not practice. He was listed as limited yesterday. He didn't play last week. He didn't play last week, uh, yeah. I mean, Remember, why? yesterday's practice was a walkthrough for them. Or estimated. Right, right. It wasn't Good even point. a walkthrough. It was an estimated so practice. You can't look too much into yesterday. So this was really their first day of practice this mm-hmm. week. I mean, Zeitler's been in the league 10 years, something like that. I mean, He came in the same year as DeCastro. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right. So I don't know if you play him. Yeah. Uh, more and more, I think there's going to be guys that aren't even active there might be like 15 dudes that just don't play that just don't play some of them will be active you know like ronnie stanley yeah you can't, can't make them, them all inactive right right, but... right but i mean humphrey roquan hamilton, hamilton. those guys won't, those Lamar. will be the inactive i yeah. say just don't even let them show up maybe zeitler's another one like that like maybe odell's active but he's over there goofing off of the you know yeah. baseball hat on the whole time you know guys yeah like that so yeah they're they're not anything close to being at full no. strength for this game. Even if, even if this if, was a playoff game, I'm sure a lot of those dudes are playing. A lot of those guys might be playing, but they might be without Kyle Hamilton or Marlon Humphrey and some of those guys. Zeitler. They wouldn't. They might not play this week. Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. But, I mean, why risk it now? Yeah. No, there's no There's no chance of that. And, mm-hmm. and it, a large portion, part of that is because they're playing the Steelers, too, and they know it's going what kind of game it's going to be. Yeah, the Steelers are going to do everything possible it's to a, win this it's thing. It's going to be a physical game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why put them in harm's way any more than you have to? I know some coaches don't love having two weeks off, but figure it out. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's better than putting a questionable guy out there. Absolutely. Game. Absolutely. We're going to get to another break. That's going to do it for hour number one of the drive. We'll be back with hour number two. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio. Man, my holiday bills are almost as hard to get rid of as my in-laws. I guess my budget will be my New Year's resolution again. Hi there. Friendly S&T Banker here. The aftermath of the holidays can be tough. Have you thought about using the equity in your home to consolidate your debt? I can do that? Yep. Home equities are one of the lowest cost financing options. At ST Bank, we can help you so you can have a financial fresh start. Stop by a branch or visit stbank.com to learn more. ST Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender.